0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Messed Up Garden. My name is Esther Aiken and I'm your host for today, and I'm absolutely buzzed to be here. What a week it's been. I am full of hay fever again, so apologies for snotting in your ear. It truly is not my intention, so I'll do my best to get through this without blowing my nose and blowing out your eardrums. As I mentioned last week, apologies for this being a little bit later than normal. My routines have definitely changed, and this is definitely feeling a little bit more aligned with me at this time, so I might just keep recording it a little bit later in the week, and we'll see if I can get back to normal soon so this year my garden is actually looking very very productive thankfully the last sort of winds we had came I want to say a little bit early and for a change just before flower burst for a number of the fruit trees in my area and my louisa plum and my persimmons may just have the best crop I have ever had at this yeah, Which is super exciting and I'm actually already planning my preservative, preservative must-haves such as mason jars, freezer bags, etc. Because I intend to not waste a single piece of fruit this year. A comment was made by the Weather Forecasting Service here in New Zealand that we will be potentially expecting spring temperatures and patterns through to mid-January, which is actually really exciting because it extends out the spring's veggie plantings. But I'm also noticing a number of my perpetual spinach still bolting prematurely. And it's summer, as well as some of my bok choys, which is a bit of a bummer, I'm still getting some incredible successional seed germination, which means I've been transplanting seedlings to appropriate places in the garden, and I have been waiting for a seed set in some of the stuff, you know, from some of the stuff that has bolted before I pull it out and stick it in the compost. I do have one hive in my garden, so one of my beehives, which is kind of funny because I was quite determined not to have any more bees on my urban property, but I guess they had other ideas and they just decided to show up and swarm in their swarm form. Um, That would have been about a month ago now, or should I... I think it was mid-October that they landed and decided to make one of my uh, hive boxes, which I had supposed to be sorting out here at home. And to be honest, it was perfect timing because a lot of my garden was actually flowering at the time. So it really did benefit, you know, from their arrival with their pollination activities. I shouldn't really complain. It just means that I have neighbours that are aware of me having bees here that like to, well complain even though I'm perfectly within legislation but still I will uh, probably move them on a little bit later in summer but such is life. So with so much happening this year including changing of jobs, a few injuries and obviously with my daughter growing up I have right through the whole year, (laughs) which has pretty much been a hot mess, uh, I've turned You know, I've tried to still continue to garden because ultimately I still have to put food on the table. But one thing I have noticed is that I wasn't gardening for the enjoyment of it like I used to. I was almost treating it like a chore and I started to become quite resistant to it. Might not, I suppose resistance might not be the right wording, but that's kind of how I started to feel. And I just realized that although I was burning out in pretty much all aspects of my life, and the garden used to be my only real escape, even that was getting, you know, quite heavy feeling. So that's what I want to base this episode on very much looking at gardening burnout and what some of the things you can do to prevent yourself from getting to that situation that you're just sitting in a constant gardening overwhelm and potentially contributing you know, to you already burning out or heading into a garden burnout. So gardening can be a rewarding and fulfilling hobby. I mean, we know this, but it can also become overwhelming if you're not careful. So for this episode, I sat down and wrote out a list of things a gardener can do to prevent burnout and stress. And the first is something I've spoken about before, but I'm sure I'll speak about it a lot of other times again. But again, start small. If you're struggling, but you really do still need to continue to protect, Produce food and put produce on the table, then just focus and begin with a small garden bed instead of trying to tackle a large area all at once. Now, remember, it's really important to choose the right plants, so decide on what you want to grow and choose plants that are appropriate for your garden's so location, the soil type, and climate. Consider factors like sunlight, drainage, and water availability. Plants that are well suited to your garden will be easier to care for and a lot more likely to thrive now remember it's really important to and to do so in moderation and that is to prep your soil the reason I say do so in moderation is because it wouldn't be the first time that I decided I'm going to do a small area and I end up preparing half the backyard so to make things easier before planting make sure your soil is healthy and nutrient rich this means removing any weeds or debris testing pH levels and adding organic matter like compost or manure Now, healthy soil will help, obviously, your plants grow strong and healthy, leading to a more successful garden. And, of course, the smaller you manage it, sometimes the better it actually grows. An important way to avoid overwhelm in your garden and ultimately burning out is to also stop you know stay on top of that maintenance. Regular maintenance is key to keeping your garden healthy and productive. This includes tasks like your watering, weeding and of course pruning. Keeping up with these tasks will help you prevent problems like pests and diseases and ensure that your plants continue to thrive throughout that growing season. Now this next item on my list has helped me out so much in the past and that is to take the time and make a plan decide what you want to grow and where you want to plant it this will help you stay organized and focused again remember to consider the climate and soil conditions different plants require different environmental conditions to thrive before you start planning your garden it's essential again to research the climate and soil conditions of your area This information will help you make informed decisions about what to plant and where to plant it. For instance, if you live in a hot and dry region, you may want to consider drought-resistant plants that can survive in such conditions. Again, you know, maintenance, keeping it simple and making it so that you don't have to overwhelm yourself in the garden if you plant plants that are, you know, you've chosen them, The right plants, once you have an understanding of the environmental conditions in your area, then absolutely choose those right plants. Considering your personal preferences, the amount of space you have, the amount of time you can dedicate to gardening. Also think about the type of garden you want to create. Do you want a vegetable garden, a flower garden? You know, or combine both and do companion planting with flowers and vegetables. And as you know, this is something I do very regularly and I base a lot of my gardening practices on this, and that is to plan for successional planting. Successional planting is a technique that involves planting different crops in the same space at different times to ensure a continuous harvest. This method maximizes the use of space and resources and you can help get you the most out of your garden. For example after harvesting an early crop of lettuce you can plant beans or tomatoes in the same space ensuring that you have fresh produce throughout the growing season. This next item on my list is something I practice in all areas of my life and you can often find me at the end of the year with a notebook or a large scrap of paper writing down and setting realistic goals. The same principle again applies for your gardens. Don't try to do everything at once. Set goals that are achievable and work towards them gradually. So setting realistic goals is an essential step to succeeding in any field in gardening. It is crucial to set achievable goals and not get overwhelmed by the numerous tasks that come along with that hobby. Here are some of the, you know, more tips that I, you know, can help. Again, set realistic goals while not trying to do everything at once, as I mentioned previously, and that is to start small. It's best to start with a small area of the garden and then expand once you're confident in the abilities and also what you can achieve within that time frame. Choose a a section of the garden that you can manage and focus on This way you can give it your best attention to the plants and ensure their healthy growth. Now I have a tendency to jump from one project to another. Not just in my garden and I have found that it's important to prioritise tasks. Make a list of the tasks that need to be performed in the garden and prioritise them based on their importance. Focus on the most crucial tasks first, such as watering, weeding, and fertilizing. Once you've completed those tasks, move on to the less important ones, and then there is the planning ahead. Again, planning is key to achieving your gardening goals. Create a schedule for your gardening tasks, including planting, pruning, or harvesting, and stick to it. This way, you can avoid overworking yourself and ensure that everything gets done on time. Where this planning ahead comes in handy is. As if you live in the middle of Nowheresville, not that the area I live in is that-ish, although sometimes it feels like it. Here over Christmas, there are still an awful lot of shops that close between Christmas and New Year, and especially the very large hardware store. And there is no way I'm going to travel all the way into the city when a number of the population is doing exactly just That So if I need fertiliser or potty mix or compost or anything like that, slug bait even, I make sure that I have already planned ahead and know when I have to go and purchase these items prior to the shops closing down and I'm not gonna get caught out. Overall setting realistic goals is crucial for gardening, you know, gardener success. But by starting small prioritizing tasks and planning ahead you can achieve your gardening goals without getting overwhelmed. The next item is something I have to do more often and I'm just as guilty as the next person for not doing enough of it. And that is taking breaks. Gardening can be physically demanding. So make sure to take breaks and rest when you need. I know on a number of gardening days I've just gotten stuck into it and realized several hours later that I have a dehydration headache when I probably should have had a lot more to drink and then taken a lot more breaks at the same time. So that means a way to resolve this problem is to schedule breaks. One of the best ways to ensure that you take breaks during gardening is to schedule them into your gardening routine. Decide on a time frame that you would like to take a break such as every hour or so and stick to it. During your break, make sure to rest, drink water, and stretch your muscles. I found that sticking an alarm on my phone to go, you know, after, say, two hours has been really helpful because i become so zoned out or zoned in to my garden that I always have my phone on me just in case my daughter or work needs me, so I will always respond to an alarm on my phone, which is a good cue to go and have a break. And of course, listen to your body. It is so important to listen to your body during gardening. If you feel tired or stressed, take a break. If you start to experience any pain or discomfort, stop and take a rest. Ignoring your body's signals can lead to injuries and ultimately more time spent away from the garden, which I have in the past had experience with a buggered back. So switch it up if you've been in the same position too long, then do some alternative activities. Gardening involves... Obviously, a variety of tasks from planting to weeding to watering. If you find that a certain activity is becoming too physically demanding, try alternating it with another task. For example, after digging in the garden for a while, switch to watering or pruning. This will help to prevent fatigue and reduce that risk of injury. Now, this next item I was a bit hesitant to put in because I can be stubborn and I don't do enough of this. And that is to, pardon me, ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask for help from friends or family. I mean, gardening can be... A very social activity, and it's always way more fun with company. It's important to remember that asking for help is not a sign of weakness, but rather a smart decision that can save you time and energy. So, I have come up with a few tips to help you ask for help without feeling like it's a burden. Be specific with your request, right? So, instead of asking for help in the garden, be specific about what you need help with. For example, If you need someone to help you plant new flowers, then ask them specifically if they can come over and help you plant the flowers. This will make it easier for them to say yes and for you to get the help you need. And of course, offer something in return. People are more willing to help when they know there is something in it for them. Offer to make them a meal or bake some cookies as a thank you for their help. This will make them feel appreciated and more likely to help you in the future. Again, one of my favourites, building a community, consider joining a gardening club or a community group. This will give you access to people who share your love of gardening and are willing to help each other out. By building a community you'll have a network of people to turn to for help and advice and you'll be able to help others in return. Now this next item I have mentioned a number of times as well and perhaps I should do an entire podcast on it and that is to use tools and equipment that are comfortable and efficient it's important to use tools and equipment that work well for you and are comfortable to use choose tools that fit your body when selecting tools make sure to choose ones that fit your body size and shape this will help you avoid unnecessary strain and discomfort while using them for instance if you have a smaller build opt for tools with shorter handles while if you are taller Go for the tools with longer handles. Now, this point I can't reiterate enough, and that is to invest in quality tools. Investing in good quality tools can save you time and money in the long run. Quality tools are durable, efficient, and can withstand regular use. (laughs) <laughs> look for tools with sturdy handles and blades made of strong materials such as stainless steel again as I've said before spend the money buying the tradey tools especially as they are a whole lot more durable than some of the run-of-the-mill gardening crap excuse the term that is available out there for general gardeners and don't forget how important it is to maintain your tools proper maintenance of your gardening tools can help them last way longer and perform much better make sure to clean and dry your tools after each use sharpen blades regularly and oil moving parts to prevent rust and corrosion as a gardener keeping your tools and supplies organized again is essential to maximizing your efficiency and productivity so stay organized Keep your tools and supplies in a designated area so you can easily find what you need. There is nothing worse than trying to remember where you last left the leaf rake. I know, I've done this yesterday, and it turns out I actually left it at, well, the neighbours hadn't returned it from borrowing, so that's a not conversation I need to still have to get it back but create a designated workspace if you can set up a designated area for storing your gardening tools and supplies this can be a shed, gardening or even a corner of your yard make sure it's a space that is easily accessible and has enough room to accommodate all of your gardening tools for some of the smaller stuff like weed mat staples and irrigation parts I found that using storage containers has been an incredible asset to my gardening workspace and by investing in a set of storage containers that help keep your tools and supplies organized, stackable plastic bins or toolboxes work great for storing that smaller item like gloves, pruning shears and trowels. For larger items like shovels and rakes consider using wall-mounted hooks or a tool rack and although it sounds really silly because obviously some of the things you're storing are very obvious as to what they are, do spend the time and label everything. Labeling your tools and supplies is a great way to keep everything organized and easily identifiable. Use a label maker or simply write on masking tape to label each container or tool tool this will help you quickly find what you need when you're working in the gun especially items like fertilizer because you never know for the bag just happens to have no writing on it when you go back to use it a few months later you have absolutely no idea what is in that bag yep I am so guilty of that this leads me nicely into the next item on my list which is Learn from your mistakes. <laughs> Gardening is a learning experience, so don't be too hard on yourself. If something doesn't work out, use it as an opportunity to learn and improve. Whew. Make sure that you do keep records of your boo boos in a diary or in your garden planner, and refer to it regularly too, because every year something changes in your garden, and a year can actually be a really long time, and you can forget what some of your whoopsies. Ah, and the ones that you've done and there's nothing worse than repeating the same mistake again but more importantly to avoid burnout and overwhelm in your garden, and that is to take care of yourself. Stay hydrated, wear sunscreen and protective clothing, and listen to your body. If you need to take a break, take one. Just remember to always enjoy the process. Gardening should be a fun and enjoyable experience. Take the time to appreciate your hard work and enjoy the fruits of your labor. So by following this list of tips (laughs) you can prevent gardening overwhelm and burnout and enjoy your gardening experience to the fullest. I hope this particular episode on garden burnout or overwhelm was helpful. I know this has been a relatively tough year with Oh my gosh, what have we had? We've had all the seasons, haven't we? We've had snow, well, not here, but over over in certain areas, there's been snowstorms. We've had massive frost. We've had floods, windstorms, cyclones, you name it. We have had it all this year. So please just remember to be safe, take a moment, and with the silly season coming up, as in Christmas, it is a perfect opportunity to just take a minute and appreciate all the good things in life. So I hope this particular, you know, episode was, again, helpful. And if you do have any gardening questions, please do reach out. I'm going to keep compiling a list, and every now and again, I'll do an episode on a bunch of combined questions. I have really enjoyed this topic. I know it's been a little bit all over the place with some pauses and noises, and my child is desperately trying to convince me to hang tinsel everywhere. And I'm not quite ready to start on that whole Christmas vibe just yet. I'm still trying to feel like I'm catching up from the previous month. So we'll see what happens. But again, every week I mention this and don't be shy. Let me know if you are needing some private coaching, no matter what level from beginner to experience. Do reach out and let's have a chat. I have a few um, one-on-one gardening mentoring spots available. Sometimes it really is Just so much easier to accomplish a task or a project having a a gardening mentor and quietly holding you accountable to whatever task you set. Flick me a DM or email me and let's check to see how we can work together. My contact details, as always, are in the show notes. Don't forget to email me or DM me for any one of my gardening freebies. And as always, I say gardening can happen in any space and in any place and on any budget. Have an incredibly abundant week and I'll buzz you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I would love to hear about your gardening adventures. Flick me a DM on Instagram at The Messed Up Gardener or send me an email in Let's Connect. Don't forget to check out my gardening reels on TikTok. If you are looking for some help planning your next garden project or just need some one on one private coaching, reach out and let's get growing. If you have a garden related business or you're looking at starting a gardening business, including arbiculture, land clearing, firewood or a general plant growing and selling business let's work together in my one-on-one private business development coaching container having helped my clients grow several six-figure plus businesses including from startup to working on million dollar open space management contracts for many years now let me help you and let's grow your business so you can leapfrog your profits and establish a viable and sustainable business If you're looking for a business podcast, check out my The Let's Buzz You Up podcast available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If this episode was at all helpful, please share with others and let's get growing in any space, in any place and on any budget. Till next time, happy gardening and buzz you later.